Hi, preheaters. It's Andrea in Olympia, Washington. Welcome to the second of our five August Quick Bite episodes. In the time-honored tradition of summer vacation, Stefan and I are taking a few weeks off and preparing the show for the busy fall baking season. But fear not, we're taking turns hosting bite-sized episodes to see you through the dog days of summer. In years past, we've tackled everything from five-ingredient bakes to our individual passions of jam making and baking on the barbecue. This year, we're TCB, that's Taking Care of Baking, to tackle some of our 20 for 20 baking resolutions. So I'm devoting my first quick bite to star bread. So grab yourself an iced coffee and get ready for some short and sweet talk. Star bread. Have you ever heard of it? I had not, but listener Jesse pitched it to us back in December of 2019 when we were taking suggestions for 20 for 20 baking resolutions. And when I looked at a picture of it, I thought, oh, this has to go on my list. It is so beautiful. And Jesse told us that she went ahead and made it, and I think she made it in December 2019. So right away, I had an example of someone making it in our Facebook group. Jessie said she used the King Arthur flour recipe, and then she went all out and used four different fillings. They were cranberry maple walnut, chocolate sea salt, ginger apricot, and cinnamon almond snickerdoodle. Hot on the heels of Jessie came Rachel in February of 2020. She used the base recipe for star bread from Sally's Baking Addiction and her own combination of filling. She used chocolate mascarpone, dried cherries, walnuts, nutmeg, and my favorite, cardamom. So that sounded pretty good. I saw a couple of other Users in our Facebook listeners group said that they made the star bread as well. Susan went with the King Arthur Flower cinnamon star bread, which seemed like a nice basic version. And Jesse posted a video from Sally's Baking Addiction, which I have to say for me was absolutely essential. I can't imagine having made this bread without having watched the video and realizing how it actually comes together. So with all of that in mind, The months just kept ticking by, and I still was not making my star bread. It sounded like too big of a project, and it also felt sort of like a holiday dish to me. In fact, quite a few recipes online listed it as a Christmas star bread or a Christmas brunch item, so I just wasn't in that mood. It wasn't until August rolled around and I realized I better get serious here and start knocking off some of my resolutions that I decided to tackle it. And as I was going through the internet and looking at all of the recipes, finally, I got excited about something. You'll not be surprised to hear it. It was a King Arthur flour version of a savory star bread. So now I thought, yes, I can do this. I picked their recipe that is salami and herb star bread. I have to say it is complex and it is a project. It's not overly difficult, but there are many steps. There are 14 steps in the written recipe. They list the prep time as 28 minutes and bake time of 20 to 23 minutes with a total of two hours and a half. 
You know, I feel like it took me even longer than that. There's a lot of mixing and resting and shaping and twisting and filling. So let me walk you through it. And I do encourage you to try it on your own, though. It was a lot of fun, but I just want to give you a heads up. It, it did take me most of the day. The dough is where you start, and you start off with a combination of a half a cup of lukewarm milk and a quarter cup of lukewarm water, two teaspoons of active dry or instant yeast, I used instant, and whole wheat flour, so a cup of whole wheat flour. I really liked that this recipe used whole wheat. You stir those to combine and let it rest for about 15 minutes. Then you add in one egg, three tablespoons of olive oil, a teaspoon of salt, and another two cups of flour, this time your unbleached all-purpose flour. You mix it to make a soft dough, and then it needs to be kneaded, needs to be kneaded. Then you need to knead it for six to eight minutes, and you're not going to be surprised. I did this in my stand mixer using my dough hook. It came together quite nicely. It was very smooth and supple. Then I put it in a bowl to rise for 45 minutes to an hour. Mine took an hour and it doubled nicely. All right, now comes the assembly. You divide that dough into four pieces. You shape each piece into a ball. You let those four balls rest for 20 minutes covered. Then you start to roll out the balls of dough. So you're going to have to roll out four different balls, and it says a 10-inch circle. You'd be proud of me. I actually pulled my ruler out to make sure that they were all about the same size. You brush that circle with egg wash, and then you start doing the fillings. With my recipe, it was a mixture of half a teaspoon paprika, three quarters cup of grated Parmesan or Asiago, I used Parmesan, and a quarter cup of finely diced sun-dried tomatoes. And I had a package of sun-dried tomatoes in my pantry that was at least a year old, so I was kind of excited to finally pull that out. You sprinkle that filling over your first 10-inch circle, and then you roll out another ball of dough, same size as the first. Place it on top of your first circle, brush it with the egg wash, and then you go with your second filling. In my case, this was three ounces of Genoa salami. Then you roll out your third ball of dough, place it on top, brush it with the egg wash, and you put your third filling in. This was a quarter cup of basil pesto, Listeners, I am so lucky. I have a friend named Lori who gives me so much pesto every year. She grows basil in her garden. She makes the most amazing pesto. It's so good. So I had nice, fresh pesto that I could just put right on top of there. And then you roll out your final piece of dough and place it on the very top. Then this is the part where I think you might have been okay without the video, but now you start to need the video, I really do think. So this is step eight in the recipe. And you place a biscuit cutter or some sort of uh, round, two-inch round in the middle of that 10-inch circle. And that's going to be sort of your guide. You're not going to cut into that two-inch circle. And you take a sharp knife and you cut the circle into 16 equal strips. So you start from the outside edge of that two-inch glass circle in the middle of the dough and cut through all of the layers all the way to the edge. So you have these 16 equal size strips. I mean, mine were kind of equal. I did my best. And then you use your hands. You pick up two strips of dough next to each other and twist them away from each other twice. And this is where you just have to watch the video. I don't even think I can explain it to you very well. But you do that all around the circle. 
Then you remove that piece of glass that you had in the middle, and then you pinch the ends of those strips that you twisted together all the way around. So you're going to create eight star points. Okay, get it? Hence, star bread. You're making it look like a star. And then you're going to move that star on, it's already on your parchment, because of course you've rolled it out on your parchment because you're smart. And maybe I didn't mention that earlier, but you definitely want to do that. So you transfer that star onto a baking sheet. You cover it with plastic and let it rise. It says until noticeably puffy, about 45 minutes. And mine took a little bit longer. It took about an hour until it was noticeably puffy. Then you get your oven going 400 degrees. You brush the star with a thin coat of egg wash and it's time to bake it. It says 20 to 23 minutes. I actually did mine outdoors on my big green egg because it's August and I didn't want my oven on at 400 degrees for half an hour preheating and then another 25 minutes turned on. So I did it in my big green egg and it took about 25 minutes. You let it cool for 10 minutes after you remove it from the oven and then you serve it warm. So I had one, my husband had one, my daughter had one. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I think if you serve this at any sort of brunch, this is a very sophisticated pull-apart bread. I only got one complaint from both my husband and my daughter. Uh, My daughter did not like the sun-dried tomatoes. She was pulling them out, and my husband made the comment that he thinks sun-dried tomatoes are overrated. I did not tell either of them that the particular sun-dried tomatoes that I used were over a year old. So um, I don't know. If you get some fresher ones, maybe they'll turn out better. Mine were definitely a little tough. You can store your leftovers in a freezer, and I have done that and taken it out a few times, and it's still really good, warmed up, reheated. I think this is really an impressive dish. It was fun to make. I think it would be really fun to make at holiday time. I encourage you to look in our Facebook listeners group. Look what Jesse and Rachel and Susan have done because they came up with some really creative sweet fillings, and that would be really fun too. Well, the timer's buzzed, and I've got to get the sprinkles on top of this episode. We release new shows every Monday morning, and Stefan will be up next week with some more delicious and quick summertime fun. If you're in need of some summertime reading, we hope you'll pick up a copy of Lori Colwyn's Home Cooking, our September preheated book club pick. Remember, you can find all of our book recommendations on our website, preheatedpodcast.com. Stefan and I will be back refreshed and ready for fall baking with full episodes starting on September 7th. But in the meantime, consider catching up on any episodes you may have missed. There's nearly 200 of them available wherever you get your podcast. And if you've got a little extra time this summer, please rank, review, and recommend us on your favorite platforms. If you'd like to receive an email with a link to the full show notes, visit our website, preheatedpodcast.com, and sign up for our newsletter. And finally, don't forget to join our Facebook community, Preheated, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter, where we're at Preheated Pod. Until next time, I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. Thanks for listening and sweet dreams.
Preheated is written, hosted, and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stephen Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions.